thank you for everyone who is helping us, not only by participating, but also by helping us, helping me and this community, this Sangha financially, by your dana, your generosity. Can't do it without your help. Please continue if you can. The mirror, the mirror, the title of this uh, sutra that we chant or poem, uh, the song of the jewel mirror, Samadhi, valuable jewel and mirror, something that is showing you something, reflecting something. If you see what this is, it's very mirror-like in that it's not reflecting uh, anything other than that which is observing it, which is consciousness. That's difficult to see in the intense otherness of this sound, this object, these separate human beings that all look so different. Even twins don't look exactly alike. Close, but not exactly. So the encouragement there with the mirror is to use that kind of a um, example that it is something that is not really, it is something, it's an object, but it's, its objectivity uh, resides mainly in what's being reflected in it. You can't really see what a mirror is, uh, but perhaps if you look at it from the back or from the, from the side, you see that it's an object that refle reflects things. But if you just look in the mirror, you you see yourself, or you see what you think is yourself. What is being said here is not so much the conventional mirror or what is being pointed at is everything you see is mirroring you all the time. As long as you're a separate being, there seems to be different gradations of that or stages. It's not going to be so obvious that you, that someone says that uh, everything in the world is, uh, the otherness is really a mirror. So you can see yourself and also the teacher, he himself or her herself or themselves, uh, they might not necessarily try to mirror, try to show you who you are and mirror you. Though the teaching person, if they're a true teacher, can't help but mirror you. They can't, they, they don't, it's choiceless for them to do. They can't help but mirror. And how that mirroring shows up may not be, you lose your temper, they lose their temper. I'm not talking about something so simple-minded as that. It seems to be why it's hard to understand that. It's hard to understand it in the in the relative way where, oh, oh yeah, well, I see that. Because it's not, it's certainly not logical, and it doesn't make any sense, and it's not reasonable, and it doesn't fit in with the complete lamination that our mind stream has to relative truth or this world of relativity where things are relatively true and relatively false. Most of the world runs on that. And when I say most of the world, billions and billions of people, countries, government, governments, and everything, all run on relative truth. Uh, I don't know of one that runs on ultimate truth. Probably, probably would not run much. So uh, I'm asking you, I, I would like questions. We can do this together. I don't need to hold forth here. If we were going to do that, I might be, just better read the song of the Jewel Mir Samadhi aloud, which could be done, I suppose. I suppose. Could you say more about how the mirror isn't like, I get angry, you get angry? Um, yes, because the... The, the, the world, your relationship is always reflecting you, even though that part of that other part of the relationship that looks like someone else, and in some sense is, but in the ultimate sense is not, is, uh, is not separate from you. So in that way, it's mirroring you. So it could show up because it's a relative dynamic, a mirror, then... Uh, it will show up situationally with uh, the, probably with the nature of the way in which you're confused and the way in which you believe in a separate self. You believe your ideas, your opinions, your judgments. That more? Shoto Mowing. One of the difficulties I have is 
um, when negativity shows up with someone else, it's really easy to find what looks like a first cause and I can blame them for it. Yes. How can I see that as it's coming up together or not? You're already describing it. But you're look, but, and you're looking for something else. You're the first situation that shows up is it. The otherness comes up from looking for something uh, like, for instance, oh, what does that mean? Well, that must mean don't leave it. Don't join it. And don't ignore it. Those are the three poisons. Again, they show up over and over and over again. If you if you don't see those, if, if consciousness does not see that what that is, then consciousness will continue to identify in the form of rejecting in the form of grasping and in the form of shutting down or, or turning away. Those three, pull, push, close, pull, push, close. S identify those in yourself. See, when you're doing sitting meditation, notice what arises, which is shikantaza. This is why I teach it this way and not other ways. Watch what arises and watch as it arises, if it is your thought patterns that are arising, then just observe them. Just anything that comes up in the mind, just observe it. If you do anything with it, if you interpret it, if you judge it, if you name it, if you abandon that uh, for something else, for what caused it, this is the nature of circularity, confusion, samsara. And this is what we're hooked on and why we keep coming back into this realm over and over and over again. We've all been here many times. We're more than likely coming back, but maybe not. More? Go ahead. It seems like I'm only aware of when I've already left it for something else. Um, is it about returning? A little bit, but I wouldn't be too anxious to you know, correct anything. I would, I would just watch what's hap what happens and don't add to what you've just seen as an addition. You follow me? Can you say it again? No, <laughs> but I will. You don't add to what you've just seen is, oh, I just saw myself add to that. Then don't add on to that. Ego is, is incredibly, because it's consciousness. Ego that is bundled up as a self is extremely powerful. It has at its, at its uh, um, disposal the whole nature of consciousness to be something, be anything. Look at how creative we all are. Some people are musically creative. Some people are visually creative. Some people are use uh, the voice language and everything and astonishingly creative to be able to invent stuff. And we, each one of us, our egos are astonishingly creative to be able to, uh, to invent a world that will protect and support that which is untrue, a self, a self-centeredness, uh, narcissism. Uh, ego mania um, talked about it in so many different ways that has to be seen it's not that you can't you couldn't go in and work with that area and and have some kind of success story uh, what I'm saying about a success story of getting better not feeling so bad not not constantly going into uh, some kind of a, a craziness you know cognitive behavioral therapists uh, uh, I'm just uh, to I mention that because it's very it's literally going in and looking at the, the way in which you keep screwing things up and making things worse for yourself. And so sometimes you can explain that to somebody in a relative way and they can ha and give them techniques whereby they can work with that, uh, correct that even maybe not do uh, go into those areas that are so that create more problems for problems for yourself or for others. But it doesn't look at the it doesn't look at the the fundamental with the capital F. It doesn't look at the fundamental issue. The fundamental issue is belief in a self, a belief that you are a person, which is reified, reinforced, and validated over and over again by believing in your thoughts. I'm the one who's thinking this. I'm the one who's feeling this. Well, of course, I'm. There must be something else about no self because it can't be this. Because I know this. I feel this. She said, they said, they, I did, I went here, this happened, that happened, and then I feel this way about that. We, we, just, we just continually 
validate that. I've been doing it myself this morning. That's how I know about it. That's how I know about it. Do you follow what I'm saying here? What I'm saying here is I have not gone anywhere. I'm just looking at it all the time. And sometimes what I see is confusion. Sometimes what I see is clarity. And sometimes I see confusion about clarity or clarity about confusion. You cannot get out of this. But you can see what it is. You could say it takes great courage. Uh, you could also say it, it takes great insanity to stay in it and continue to maintain and, and opt for this to choose uh, craziness. But you can't really choose sanity because that's the very nature of, of, uh, of insanity is to choose this over that. Don't let me get away with this. If you see holes in what I'm saying, come after me, but be prepared. Because I'm not going in a circle. Shadow bowing. With that area I'm asking about where I'm already blaming, is there a way to use that phrase, drive all blames into one, to, to work with that? Um, it's, it's, the edge of that would be to just, just realize that anything that occurs is your fault. But it's not a blaming thing. It's just that you, you did that. There's not something wrong with it. It's just you have to see what it is without adding on that's wrong or doing something adding on that's correct or that's right. I'm doing better. I'm improving. No, you're not. More? Not yet. Thank you. Michael. I was looking at a mirror, not two. It is two. Well, it's not two, but, but it is two. Did you ever walk up to a mirror and point at it and notice that there's another finger coming at you? But what do you see? Two things? Yeah. No, no, don't go there. I saw what you're about to do. Did you? <laughs> Alshon saw. Didn't you? You, you thought you did? Yeah. See what happened to him? He saw it and then he thought about it. That's nuts. <laughs> Go ahead. But aren't we always going to continuously think? Yes. Probably. We'll continue to eat. We'll continue to think. We'll continue to wander this way and wander that. Believe our thoughts, disbelieve our thoughts. And so what is it that I'm pointing at? If, if we're kind of some, somewhat condemned to just continue to wander in samsara. What's different? Is there something different? Or is there something to it? Huh? Our attachment to it? Getting getting warmer, yes. It's the attachment. It's having an opinion about the coming and going. As soon as you have a negative feeling, if you somehow give that more credentials than it carries in its hip pocket, we immediately start to add on and build the craziness that we're that everyone is dealing with, dealing with us or what you're dealing with in your own mind stream walk up to a mirror, you, you see you see it at the same time. You see, that's why that image is used in the teaching so much, is because you see, you, it's an obvious example of two, there's not really two. It's, it's really, uh, what is it? Not separate. It's not separate. It's also not one. You go there, then, then there's too much emphasis on trying to come to a conclusion that's correct, whereas you didn't, you weren't correct for a while, but now you got it. We're all one. No, we're not. Not all one. Sir? So is any description of what it is, is, is that a form of adding on? Yes. Yes, it would be. Any, any description of anything is about something. It's like a recipe, or it's about a formula, or a, one of those it's a musical one, is it? It's something musical, algorithm. It's like a log of rhythm. It's a musical piece of wood. You're smiling. Oh, good. Yes, sir. After practicing Shikintaza, just sitting, later I go somewhere quiet and reflect on the thought stream, is that a form of mirroring or adding on? 
I, I don't know. I think it's pretty subjective. I think it's fine to do that. I think the important thing is Shikantadas, find a place for any of us to sit down, hold still, just eyes open and just watch the movement of the mind so that we, you could say, train ourselves to see more clearly what comes and goes because when whatever is coming and going, which will be the thoughts, the emotions, the memories, what happened last week, what somebody said to us three hours ago, what we're uh, arguing with ourselves about either or, either or, should I, should I, do, should I do that or should I, those kinds of things going on, just observe, correct nothing. That's where relative truth can correct all at once. I'm not saying there aren't some wild and crazy things going on in the mind stream that look like they're constantly saying, fix me, fix me, fix me, correct this, I've got to stop this, I can't do this anymore, this is too much, I have to, that's what you need to look at, the kind of, uh, when the mind starts to freak out and we get really anxious and get worried and start to even become self-destructive, just, just look at it. Just, just look, just, uh, just observe, give it, give a profound form of generosity, give everything your attention, anything that shows up in the mind, anything that shows up in your room, anything that shows up under your lampshade, I don't care what it is. That doesn't mean if it's a stink bug, you don't take it outside, but give it your attention, give everything your attention. It's an extreme profound respect for your world, even your own emotions. If your own emotions come up negative, feeling anxious or angry or irritated just observe that please be genuine be the i say sometimes be the shit you're trying to get rid of i don't mean this isn't permission to act out and beat on the walls or punch your neighbor in the face or shoot through the window glass to somebody's just knocking on the door which has happened in the news recently it's it's a it's a tragic example of how incredibly sane that insanity can get by seeing what this is. May sound like I'm talking in riddles, but look closely, listen closely. I don't have to know what I'm talking about in, in the conventional sense. I don't have to get a, a degree in psychology. You may have to. Yogodo. Yogodo Bali. I think you said a true teacher can't help but mirror you. What about a student? Do they also mirror the teacher? Works both ways. Is it different in, in any way? Yeah, well, one person sees what this is, and the other person uh, sees what they think this, this is. It's that simple. The, you're looking at me, and you see someone else. I look at you, and I just see myself. But But it's not the... It's not the ego uh, self-congratulating, uh, self-criticizing uh, part of consciousness. It's just this. It's in, this, it's in, the, in the Tibetan tradition of the, the Nyingma, especially. And the, it's, a, it's called the great perfection because one who sees this realizes that no matter what happens, it's perfect. No matter what occurs, this doesn't mean you don't go out and save somebody who is physically being threatened by anything. You might you might donate your life, put your life in danger to save somebody, help somebody because you're functioning. You're they're able to see absolute truth, and it's not separate from relative truth. Therefore, you're able to fundamentally help. There might be a situation where one person runs, dives into the water to save someone drowning, to use some or stop someone from jumping off the bridge. Or, simple kind of things like that. And another one where someone cannot do that. That's a, this does not mean they're wrong. To function out of what you're receiving, you will only produce that which is, is aligned with dependent origination. This doesn't mean you're going to go along with evil. Are you going to join a cult? More? Makes it sound like if um, the student is reflecting the teacher in the way that the teacher reflects the student, then there's no longer a student and a teacher. Paraphrase yourself. I want to see how well you understand what you just asked. As long as, 
as long as there's a student and a teacher who is reflecting that student, if the student reflects the teacher accurately, is there no longer student and teacher in, in an ultimate sense? No. What is there? Just this. You brought us here. I'm just responding to you. So you cannot be described. You can describe it and you can allude to it, but you cannot say what it is. You can't actually say fundamentally what this is. It's both. Uh, it is both um, blissful and heartbreaking. And it's blissful because you see what it is. And it's heartbreaking because so many people don't and they're all suffering and they're all pulling themselves apart and pulling each other apart and hurting each other. It's all over the world. It's all over our society. It even shows up in our Sangha. What do we do with that? And so far as you can receive it. It doesn't mean you agree. We, we try to fundamentally help, other, help others by supporting them. How that shows up for us may not feel so supportive, especially from the teacher. When warfare appears in your mind stream, is it still disappointing? In my mind stream? Yeah. Of course. What's different? What's different? I'm asking you. You see what this is? Uh, okay. Anything else? You don't do anything with it? Uh, that's pretty good. Anything else? You don't believe the disappointment? There isn't somebody there? <laughs> Getting close. Now just leave that platform you're building with intellect and just go right off from it. Just, 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 just let your heart break. There's nothing to protect. All this energy goes to protecting it. It's just, it's just energy, energy, and it, it, it is, it is fed upon by the self-centeredness we call ego. It's to ego. It's just delicious to get some kind of a reference point. You have to go into this a hundred percent. Let your heart break. Lose, because it says on that, not that one. I guess they don't have a lose the mind there. The, no, I didn't say lose the mind. That's a good one. That's my next goal. Lose the mind. Lose the war. Lose the war. We feel the warfare in ourselves, and we, we want to win. We want to be right. Lose, lose the war. It's, it's difficult. And, and I'm not saying that. This is a standard that every time something comes up and you have an argument with somebody or disagreement that you have to lose that war. Well, you might want to say, well, I don't really agree with you. Have you considered this? It seems to me the way you're looking at this is based on a misunderstanding, a misconception about, you know what I'm saying. I'm not saying you can't discuss something and disagree and agree with something else or uh, point out somebody's misunderstanding, of course. So when I say lose the war, I'm talking about here. Here's the war. This is the first war to lose. Then every other war will take care of itself. If you're at war with yourself and think that you're right, as opposed to someone else being wrong, this is the very nature of confusion and the very nature of uh, the, the delusion that the Buddha was pointing to 25, 2,600 years ago. Go ahead. Two questions from YouTube. Georgios asks, when you don't do too much, just the necessary things, how can narcissism get in the way? Bowing, thank you. Because there's a conclusion that you're doing, uh, you described it, and you're concluding things about that as if you have, you're in any position to evaluate anything. The, the ability to evaluate anything in a relative sense starts to come apart and it can feel off-putting, if not out and out scary. And that may not last, it may last for 20 minutes or 20 seconds, but there's, there's no way to set up a, 
a situation for yourself where you're, uh, I can't remember exactly how the description went, but that even that is still um, in, inventing things, adding things on because you're coming to, coming to conclusions. If you're clear about what this is, you won't know it. If you know it, this is, this is a conclusion you're coming to that you're clear. Ego, self-centeredness, not wrong, just deluded. Read that again if you want to, and I'll take another swing at it. Georgios asks, when you don't do too much, just the necessary things, how can narcissism... Stop. So right there is, uh, I'll say it this way. I'm just doing the necessary things. There's no way you can know. There's no way you can know. Just doing the necessary things. That's a extremely convoluted, if not out and out, me, 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 me. And I'm, I know what's necessary and what's not. You do not know. Now, I'm not saying, maybe in your case, maybe you do know. So I'll give you that. Do you have a further question? Ross from uh, Ireland asks, uh, Ross Bowing, is everything that appears coming from the eighth consciousness? So the, the eight, eight consciousnesses as described by the Yogacara tradition and the eighth being the Alia Vijnana, the storehouse consciousness, excuse me, is, is just a model. A consciousness uh, is a completely uh, uh, wild and crazy. It's all over the place. It can do anything. Consciousness always finds the form it needs. And that may be the, a thumbtack, and it may be uh, the, uh, the zillions, countless numbers of stars uh, out beyond our galaxy. Just that, or just this, or just this. The thisness and the thatness we put onto it so we have the illusion that we're controlling things, that we know what's happening, we know what to do, and so on. So, is that good enough? <laughs> Mahesh Bowen. Mahesh, it better be good. Uh, so my question is slightly uh, a different one, like not related to this talk, but uh, is it okay to add uh, pranayama practices before zazen, like 10 minutes of uh, breathing technique, pranayama techniques? I'm, I'm, the way I teach is to uh, shikantaza, but some, if, if you feel that's necessary to do that, go ahead. But I, I don't, uh, I'm not going to rec recommend uh, pranayama. Uh, that being said, there's, you could trust yourself. You already have, you already have a teacher. You, uh, at least through, in our interview, I understood that. You have a teacher and, uh, uh, yes, Mark, what's up? Uh, Mark Bowing. Um, in other teachings that talk about being a mirror, I've always interpreted that as this body-mind should become a clean, unstained mirror so that whatever comes is reflected accurately. Is, is that a misinterpretation of those teachings? Because you, what you're saying here is that the world around this is the mirror that's being reflected, or are they the same? Oh, that's way too much information. What do you want to know? <laughs> Am I misinterpreting the teachings that are pointing towards this becoming a mirror? Mm -hmm. I, would, I don't know if I'd go so far to say that you're misinterpreting it, but I would say sit a lot. The mirror image is only used as a way of talking about how the teachings may show up. And it's so different with each person because each person brings a different load, and I mean load, of karma, of causes and conditions that can take someone way away from the whole idea of a mirror. That teaching may not work for them. And so I would say uh, less is better uh, other than receiving. Receive as much as you can. Receive as much as you can. Produce as little as you can without struggling with it. Don't come to conclusions. Just receive colors, shapes, sounds, smells, tastes, thoughts, emotions, memories. Keep it very simple insofar as you can keep it that way uh, is if you're just receiving, then it will keep its own simplicity. You won't have to do anything to it. As uh, Bardo Toku said, uh, and I quote him quite frequently because I can't really say it any better, or any clearer than what he did. If you do nothing to thoughts, they will do nothing to you. But when you have thoughts, you just they just come up. They're like, uh, you know, they're like wrinkles in your eyebrow. They come and they go. 
Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome, sir. Kayun bowing. Kayun. In the Buddha family teachings, it's said that the wisdom of anger is mirror-like wisdom. Is there something in particular about anger that lends itself to mirror clarity? Yeah. I, my way of understanding it would be, and I'm familiar with that uh, teaching somewhat, and it's the tension in there, the, the kind of tension there is with, with anger is it wants to, it's the otherness is so intense, either the otherness out there and the otherness in here and the weaponry that is there is so, it's Vajra-like, it's adamantine, indestructible, and it's mad. So, but it's an intensity that, that is, it, it, it takes all the emotional things that happens in Padma and sucks it right together and, and becomes crystalline indestructible well of course it's there's anything that shows up it can be destroyed but but that's a way of talking about it, a way of teaching it so that you can get a feeling for when your anger does come up that you could possibly look at that as, in a different way the, the tibetans uh most of them anyway that i know of would talk about that as an opportunity to, to transmute that the way i would teach it you don't have to transmute anything it's already the case i'm not saying that if you have a tibetan teacher and he or she or they are teaching you in a different way, then you should do what they say. If you have a teacher that you have confidence in, you should, you can listen to me, but you should do what your teacher says. Kayan Bowing, so is it the intensity of the anger, the intensity of the polarity that's revealing it, itself to itself? Bowing? I, I follow you a little bit, but I'm not sure if you'd have to go in there and get too far away from what it is that you're trying to describe or understand. I would stay with the original anger, just just the anger. You don't, don't have to get rid of anger. Don't have to leave the anger to say why you're mad, because if you do that, you're, you're just building uh, you're just building a further phenomenal world to fight with or wrestle with or or some people are right, some people are wrong. The whole idea of right and wrong is 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 uh, it's it, when we go to right and wrong, it mean it basically is, means we have we have not understood pratitya samudpada. We have not understood dependent origination, the way the Buddha pointed to it. That there are no separate things anywhere. That's this is an illusion that we are deluded by, as I've said many times, especially especially recently. If you see what any other thing is, so-called other, and you see what it actually is. You see that it's an illusion. You see that it is unreal. And if you if you don't see that it's unreal and you think it's real and it's over there because it's speaking to you, it's another person, it's your wife or your husband or your partner or your friend, whatever that may be. It, it, look, the reality of otherness is so powerful. It's just overwhelming. And, and, and you can't argue with it because it argues back. So the idea is not to argue with it, it's just to train your mind to see using your all of your sense fields and put them on receive, sit down, hold still, and do it for the rest of your life. You have to do this for years and years. This is not going to happen in a couple of decades, more than likely. And it's not a, it's not an occurrence, so the whole idea of happening is that that also is um, uh, if it's if, if I use that, I, I, I can't find a way to describe that. Because what I'm describing is already the case, the whole idea of past and future, and so on is, is dissolved. It's gone away. It, ha it holds no uh, credential. It's just this. That's pretty close. Susan Bowing. But Susan. Um, so, Sokasan, would you say that in any situation? where we have a strong negative uh, response to how someone's being or what they're saying, that that is an indication that, that I mean, that is the mirror. We need to look at that. Even in situations I, I would call like book study to me, it's kind of a benign situation, but feelings come up and it's easy to, dismiss them when, you know, negative feelings. So what I'm asking you is anything that comes at me that I interpret as negative, is that the mirror? Yes. Yes. 
If we lose the war, is there still a war going on? Sure. Yes. With something like a war or anger, is is the intensity or the believability just part of the texture? What? My, my, my misunderstanding is that the intensity of an emotion is because I'm misunderstanding it and I'm asking if that is the emotion, the intensity. I don't know. How does it look to you? Not clear. That's the clarity. You're clear that it's not clear. That's when the, when the self-centeredness, the belief in a, in a self starts to come apart when you can look at the lack of clarity without leaving it for clarity. Because clarity uh, that you're looking for or trying to get to is always drummed up uh, and it's uh, by a self that thinks it's real, he, she, they. And it is supported and fired up and energized by hope and fear. Fear that you won't see it, fear that it's a waste of time, fear that you've just given your whole life to Buddhism as a monk and you'll never understand this. You ever been there? We all have. You don't have to leave that. Don't leave uh, fear for hope. Don't do it. Don't don't leave anything for something else. The only thing a monk has done is left home. And if you're a fully ordained monk, what you've done is you've you've turned yourself over to the Buddha's Dharma. And hopefully you have a teacher instead of you just read books about it. Because you, you can't do this through books. Maybe there might be a small percentage of that happening, but that's because the karma that you came in here with had already worked very, very hard at this in past lifetimes. Just a way of talking about it. There are no past lifetimes, so don't let's not get off on that excursion. More? Then I can drink coffee. Okay. Thank you. Bowing. Yes, sir. Uh, what is the difference between when you look at me and I look at you. Same thing. Except I'm better looking. bag. I have hair. But that is that the reason you're not as good looking as I am? I didn't, I didn't know if you were aware of that. I need to shave it again. Yeah. No, you didn't become a monk. You didn't. So but I'll let you off the hook for this lifetime. For the whole lifetime? Another 80 years. Um, yes, sir. Is it enough to not confuse what, what we add to the reflection with what the reflection is? I, I think that I, if I follow you, I think, yes, that's an area where uh, the practice area where we're starting to understand through the sitting practice of meditation, Shikantaza, where our, our clarity about what is coming and going is, is we're more clear about that because there's less addition, but it might not, it's not necessarily going to show up as I no longer add, I no longer subtract, I no longer, no longer. But that the lessening of that causes uh, what was actually there is, uh, you could say it's in higher relief. It's, it's more clear what it is we've been shutting out and the ego mind can get worried about that. So that's why it's necessary to have a teacher so you can talk about that possibly, or you can be encouraged to keep going. Your teacher, if that's you're dealing with that intensely, your teacher may send you into retreat. When I say that, I'm saying go into retreat. And I might say that to you. Have I said that to you lately? Go into retreat. How long? (laughs) (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Oh, not very long, 10 days. Short retreat. Without what we add, is everything we're looking at the same? That, that's a way of talking about it. The, the, the differentiation just starts to drop off. So pretty good. But it's not it. It's still path. There's three ways of breaking it down. There's ground and there's path. So the ground is suffering. and. This is not doing so good. My life sucks. I don't know what to do with myself. Probably won't make that noise, but you're going in circles, going in circles. And and you can't get off. You can't get off the tilde whirl or the merry-go-round or the Ferris wheel. You can't 
You can't find some way out because the very nature of a circle is to just continue. Looks like a straight line. And so it's not. Adriana asks, when my anger is mirrored by the person I am angry at, and they accuse me of the same things I find fault with them, is this the mirror-like quality of anger? That is a way, that is one way that it can work like that. If you're, especially if, if the, if you're not a Dharma teacher, in other words, you're not realized, let's just put it bluntly, and the person you're talking to is not realized, then it's very common to have the mirror thing happen where you, where you get mad, at someone else and then their anger just like sometimes you can just sit and watch someone get angry at somebody else and that'll start stirring up your own anger you want to go and join one side or the other or maybe you might, might want to leave so just just observe as much as you can the, the main recommendation is be aware just be aware it's so hard it's so hard when we have negative stuff going through our mind that feels like it was at least started by somebody else any negative feelings you have, I'll say this as strongly as I can. And if you have questions, this would be a good place to ask them. Any feeling you have is yours. No one puts feelings in you. It's obvious if you really look, well, yes, it's my feelings that she, they, someone didn't come along and put feelings in, but they did something that created feelings or caused them. No, the feelings were already there laying back, waiting for something to come along and start them up, turn the switch, lower the hammer, something like that. But they're your feelings. Be responsible for how you feel. Blame no one. But if you do blame somebody else, realize that that's at least intellectually, this is it's a misunderstanding what I'm doing here. Difficult. It's difficult because we weren't feeling that. And then, you know, then Joe walked into the room and went, did this or did that or did this. And then they leave and we're mad or upset because of something they did do or didn't do. Or, or I don't know, it might be some other nuance there that I'm not, that I, would be helpful for me to say, but it's not showing up. Anything that occurs uh, has its own dynamic. It's called self-existing. Wrong uh, dung. Even uh, um, to understand that, it's just, it's just, a, uh, it's a, to use the conventional terms, it's mind-blowing. I don't know if there's a Tibetan word for mind-blowing or not. Probably. Probably the Vajra-like Samadhi, which I don't know how you say that in Tibetan. That's a Samadhi that, that can't be destroyed. It is, it is, it's never risen because it's always been there. Something that's always been there, it doesn't have to show up. And I, this is what I'm endeavoring to... It's that simple and that great. I'm looking at... I couldn't do this. I'm. We're driving in here today. I have no idea what I'm going to say. I just... Uh, Junchu made the big mistake of asking me what the talk title was about. And then I made the mistake of listening to, where is she? Susan said, why don't you talk about a mirror? Something like that. And so I listened to her. Somebody asked me what to talk about or suggest I talk about something. I can do that. But I have no idea what I'm going to say. I don't plan anything. And you could, you might look at, listen to my talk and say, well, that's pretty obvious. All you did is go in circles the whole time. <laughs> But I, I, there isn't anything else but this. And when I look in your eyes, I, this is what I want you to see. This is what I, I, I'm, I can't really be a conventional friend that's always concerned about how you feel and what you're doing. I can't always do that. I'll do it some, just like uh, um, um, Susan was using uh, uh, the example of uh, the, the uh, Marsha Shabata. Uh, relating to Trungpa Rinpoche, he was always very, very kind to her and loving to her, and yet he might turn and snap somebody else's head off. I'd be, I would be the head he would chop off. Whereas Marsha Shibata, her, her karma is different. Uh, I know her. I've, I've talked to her. And, uh, and so everyone is different. So the teaching person is going to relate to each person in a different way. And that's because if you or anyone gives a student gives the teacher permission uh, you might find that they're they continue to be very sweet to you and kind and loving and however conventional kind or if it's uh um if they, their relationship to you is it's about you you do it the teacher does all the teacher does is mirror the teacher isn't, isn't a, so, a separate person anymore they don't really have an agenda about anything other than what's for lunch possibly 
but not not a strong. They don't need anything else. They they they're not this uh, not some kind of deity. Uh, it's more more as uh, it's more like they they just aren't a separate individual, and they see it. So they're, therefore, they're able to teach when people show up with craziness or confusion or suffering, and they're open enough to you know help me. Then the teaching person in our situation will say, "Let's you know let's you need to do it, but I can help you." Sit down, hold still, look at the wall, and watch what happens in the mind stream. So you, so you over time, eventually you start getting hooked. You stop getting hooked by your thoughts and believing them. So that's a simple way of saying it, but it's hard and it takes a long time. So Marsha uh, Shavata uh, was uh, he Trunk Burnpache treated her uh, the way in which he saw. I'm, I'm assuming. And uh, just like he treated me the way he treated me, which is uh, quite a bit rougher, shall we say. Um, and he was he was that way with everyone. Uh, I, f I feel that Coben was also uh, very good at that, meeting people where they're at. Yes. Was it Bowing earlier? You were talking about um, the energy of, of protecting the ego. Yes. What does that energy, what is that like if there is no self? It's just we protecting something that is, uh, doesn't need protecting and is unreal. So, what, I'm not sure what you want to know. You, continue, you may continue to do that. May, you, may, you may awaken and continue to do that. It is that impossible to track. Ground is suffering. The path is trained the mind. And the, the actual fundamental fruition Nothing happens. It's actually you are dumped uh, out of the relative world into reality, which uh, every the person in in Portugal right now, 380 miles in from the coastline, is blowing their nose. You're not separate from that. You're separated because you can't hear it. It's not your particular nose, but you're not separate from anything anywhere. Anywhere. More. Sure. Sure. If what we're seeing is really cloudy or unclear, are we covering up the mirror? No. Not necessarily. What you, not necessarily what you've done is you concluded something. So there's some kind of cover up. Anytime you conclude, I'm, yeah, anytime you conclude anything, then you're, you're, you're covering things up. Don't conclude. And how do you do that? You watch the way you conclude until that concluding begins to lose its energy because it's not you're not being fueled by hope or fear. It's like you don't care if you're if you're hopeful, you don't mind. If you're fearful, you don't mind. You don't look for some way to stop it or some way to justify it, validate it, or enhance it. You do nothing with it. Don't meddle with anything. More. Go ahead. Georgios from Greece has a question. Georgios G. Georgios, okay. I O R G. -O -S in Greece. From Greece. Mm -hmm. Can you be aware and play a character because at the moment there's no other way? Bowing. I I would have to get to know you a little better, Giorgio. Uh I, I see what kind of what you're saying there. Uh, I, I think there could be a little bit of that, but uh, less is better. As far as playing a character, uh, I wouldn't do too much. It sounds like there's some ulterior motives and some presumption about uh, how awake you are. That question does not, does not, yeah, it's it's circular. But of course, you're, if you're awake, you wouldn't be here, would you? You'd be somewhere else being awake. So does that mean I'm here, I'm not awake? No, probably. Other contep con contortions or uh, Mahesh going. Mahesh, it better be good. So when when anger comes up, we observe. Uh, in addition to that, are there any? How do we respond? Uh, uh, are there any uh, suggestions on how to, how to react during that time when we are angry? Bowing. Uh, if if I'm following what you're saying, which I'm catching part of it, is just just. I'm not saying uh, uh, validating you're striking someone or yelling at someone. 
But that may have to happen somewhat. There may be need to be some kind of an outflow because if you're totally containing everything, you're trying to control it. You're trying to be a person who never gets angry. So this does not mean that we go the other way. And, you know, Sokazan said, or anyone said, uh, I get to blow my stack anytime I want. It, it seems to be, this is why uh, the, Buddha, uh, the Buddha's Dharma was as often characterized as the middle way. Not too tight, not too loose. So there may be some of the outflow. Uh, you may need to have some of that uh, coming out of you so you can actually see more clearly that you're doing that and how that is when you do that. And so, but the receiving part is uh, very important, whether it's your anger rising in your, uh, in your chest and just your tightening of everything up, you're starting to get just starting to get angry about something insofar as you can observe that without, without jumping on it, stopping it or leaving it for what's causing it or who's causing it. That's the area that, that will be seen more clearly. The more sitting practice you do, the more you take the body-mind complex, the awareness itself that's showing up as the body, as the sixth sense feels and their objects, the more you can hold still and watch that in its simplest way. And, and so we don't want to hold still and be rigid. That tends to create more fixation into being some kind of a strong meditator. So we need to find a way to do that. And each person is a little bit different. If you sit down, hold still, look at the wall or look at your refrigerator and just observe that, then that's what I'm teaching. Do that as much as you can. Hours, hours, lots of hours of doing that. So go ahead, Chisho. Chisho Aung. <clears throat> uh, you often say, and you said it today as well, uh, take ownership of the emotion. Uh, isn't that adding another layer to the emotion? And isn't that kind of opposite of what you teach about taking ownership of thoughts, where you say don't take ownership of thoughts? Bye. Yes, it's kind of a, I, I, I can see where it can become, uh, be confusing if you take it apart in the way that you've just done. Of course, uh, it's just that it's, it's situational. So if your intention is to see the truth, then it may show up as, as a conflict or as an opposition of what it is that I'm uh, endeavoring to point to. But you, I trust you to see what this is so you will know, you will know yourself when, when that has gone too far. There's been too much of this and not enough of that. So aware, aware. If you're aware, then the situation itself will start to tell you. Uh, and this is, uh, uh, did, I, did I clarify a little bit or do you have a further question on that? The way I understand is you you are left it to the person to react to the way as it happens at that moment with awareness. But yes, yes, and and the other thing I would say because uh, I am not there. I can, uh, even if I were in the room with you, I can't be in your mind. That being said, uh, I can take it even further further even further than that and say I am your mind, but you're also my mind. My consciousness does not have ownership. This is not something to be believed in or disbelieved or even thought about particularly, but consciousness belongs to no, to no person. And when you realize that, even though you're still in a human form, uh, there's nothing to fix, nothing to correct. There's a lot to receive and there is a lot to respect, including the confusion of others. Respect people's confusion. Uh, the, the amount of warfare that starts to show up is, goes way down when you when you begin to respect your own confusion, don't fix it. You begin to see how, how much suffering the world is going through in the form of the people you meet. Help them if they, if you have permission, help them. If you don't have permission, mind your own business. Their, their karma needs to do whatever it needs to do. So coming back to your question, I would say, yes, each person would be a little bit different in that area and how, how you would, uh, how you would work with that, uh, is probably, probably beyond any advice I could give. I couldn't say, well, do this, do that. I would say, no, what I, the recommendation I give to everyone is sit a lot, do a lot of sitting. So you're, so that you're, you're really, you could say, even say you're really an expert or you're really accomplished at receiving the world in the form of the objects rising in your sixth sense seals, including the mind, including the mind. You're really good at, at your identity is changing 
over from a believer in thoughts, a believer in emotions, and an actor in the world over to uh, no belief, no disbelief, just consciousness only. The identity is is rotating away from personhood, just a way of describing it, into consciousness itself. Vijnapni Matra. It's rotating into that where everyone, all the singularities we call people, they're all there too. They just don't know it. But when you go into that, you realize you are not separate from anyone. You're not separate from the Buddha. You're not separate from all of the ancient ones or the ones coming in the so-called, so-called, so-called future. Not separate. This is a spiritual path and it is a non-theistic spiritual path. So even though we have ways of working with deity yoga and all of that, uh, my understanding, having done a little bit of this and that, is look at the wall. Look at something where nothing is. Look at the carpeting. If you want to sit with more space in front of you, you don't have to look at the wall. You can face out. We even have a place in here where there's 10 feet in front of you where people who want to sit with more space can do that. That's up to you. That's up to how you feel. You might sit facing the wall very tightly for three or four years and then want more space. And I would say, yes, then move back. But that would be up to you, not me saying to do that some kind, somehow arbitrarily. Most important thing I think to do initially is face the wall, keep it very simple. Just the visual consciousness is completely open, unreceived, and nothing is happening there. And in this way, one can see more clearly what arises in the mind stream as thoughts and adjustments and analysis and opinions and memories about this and that and this and that. More, Chisho? Yes, go ahead. Uh, why is there a mirror? Well, Got to comb your hair. When you say, when you say, why is there a mirror? I'm not, uh, I don't understand your, I don't want to get too existential about this. So if we do that, then I'm going to win. <laughs> why isn't, why isn't Michael the only one laughing? He's the only one that sees this. He's I'm full of it. <clears throat> Make uh, clarify your question a little bit. It's not a bad question. It's just I want to go deeper into what it is you want to know. Don't get too zen. Don't get too zenny now. I don't. I don't know. It's just like I asked my heart. I was like, "What should I ask?" That was it. Okay. Uh, because. The mirror because. I don't know. Somebody figured out how to put, what is it, silver, what is it on the back of a piece of glass? And, and first they used copper. They polished the copper. I think the ancient Egyptians looked in copper mirrors, mirrors. Uh, look in, if you look in the water, you can see see your face. Was, isn't that what, uh, was it Narcissus that did that? The Greek uh, story about Narcissus. So I'm so. I'll take one more question and then we'll. Yes, Robert. Is there a dispassionate quality that we can learn from staring at the mirror? So first of all, I say don't stare at anything. Because don't don't like fixate and try to accomplish something, even looking at the wall or looking at as you're using the, the word mirror. Um, I think, I think seeing the nature of passion is how it is. Becoming dispassionate will just begin to occur. doesn't mean that you won't have strong feelings or emotions, but, but you, won't be, you won't necessarily be corralled by those feelings. You won't be manipulated or controlled. So more open space, more space around the emotions, around the thoughts. Take one more from you if you have one. Was it divine? I've heard you say consciousness doesn't arise in us, we arise in consciousness. Do you have to see what you're pointing at with the mirror to understand that? That kind of understanding is, is, is not a polarized understanding. Uh, you'll see that you've always known that. That's the way I would respond to the question. It's, it, it's, it's, it doesn't show up as a set of words that will explain that. Even uh, even uh, physicists are, still don't know how that how they can say what it is they're finding out in such a way that we can all 
Oh, so, oh yeah, well, I'm glad somebody finally explained that to me. It's like my 18-year-old uh, 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 grandson. Is his name still Marshall? Okay. Marshall uh, spent about 20 minutes explaining calculus to me. I said, I really don't know what calculus is. Could you explain that to me? It's the longest conversation we ever had in, the, in his 18 years. It was very, very enjoyable. I should have asked him that a long time ago because that he just started to tell me what calculus was. Now I can't remember, but it's not, it's not important. It's, it's the receiving it is not holding on to it. You don't have to hold on to anything. That's an amazing discovery, especially for those with Alzheimer's. Okay, I guess that was a good place to end. <laughs> so nothing against uh, all uh, love and happiness and kindness and support to those with Alzheimer's. So I don't mean to, to step into that territory disrespectfully. So thank you all. Hi, my name is Shoka. I'm a monk at Sokokoji, where I'm committed to training my mind under the guidance of my teacher, Sokozan. We rely on your support for our programming, including a scholarship fund to cover living and tuition costs for those who are practicing full-time at the monastery. Thank you for your generosity.